0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Bavada at odds podcast. I'm your host, Seth Everett, and Patrick Morrow is the head odds maker at Bavada Sportsbook, and Patrick, uh, we are inching closer. Maybe it's like a tiptoe, but we are getting closer and closer and closer to the finish line in college basketball, and the key is that tournament. Because nothing is gambled on more than the NCAA tournament, even the Super Bowl, even the election. The NCAA tournament simply because the amount of interest and the amount of games. It's a fascinating month and we're getting closer to it.
1: Yeah, Seth, that, uh, that first four days of the tournament, uh, one year when I'm not working in this industry, which hopefully won't be for a while, but I've always had this idea. Like I'm jealous. I'm jealous of my friends and how they get to consume it. Cause those first four days of the tourney are nuts. It's crazy. It's that first tips, uh, you know, late morning and it usually ends up around two in the morning, Eastern time. There are busy days. There's all the money that you uh, just mentioned being bet into it. And it's a very difficult four days to kind of enjoy. But my goal one day is to just rent a cottage with the boys about five or six of us, you know, hot tub, whole thing. We'll, we'll do squares. We'll do pools. We'll do, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll even get into a bracket. I haven't filled out a bracket in five years, Seth, because I find wow. them to be such a waste of time. I don't want to sound too much like uh, Darren Rovell, who famously uh, rails against the ra- uh, the bracket on Twitter. But yes. uh, I, I've, I've also just never found too much value in it, unless I was going to brute force my way through it. Even those uh, contests that, uh, you know, some firms put out, I think Warren Buffett, he puts out, uh, if you get the perfect back uh, bracket, we'll pay you a million dollars. And the, your odds still aren't that good. I mean, you're not risking anything, I suppose. But I would one day like to uh, approach and enjoy this tournament from a different way. And I suppose this year we will, because this year the whole thing will be in Indiana this year uh, for COVID reasons, for safety reasons. And hopefully we get there, because March Madness was the first thing we were robbed of last year with covid Uh, hitting the U S when it did, you know, it was NBA games, NHL games. And then the tournament was the first big thing to go. Everything else we thought maybe we could get salvaged. We weren't really sure how we were going to get there. And we got there with other sports, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's weird that it's 11 months, 11 months. And here we are. And we're talking about a tournament that's going to take place. This time looks like it some really good teams, Gonzaga Baylor, if we can get them on the floor, your two co-favorites right now, Michigan, a great second half. I, I think it's, Great that we're getting here, and I'm confident that we're actually going to get there this time, just because, uh, you know, all these different governing bodies in sports have found a way to get through this, to make, uh, you know, make adjustments, make plans B, C, and D, and figure out how to get it. And, uh, you know, it's, I'm looking forward to it more than ever, just because, yeah, that was really the first time last year that things really seemed to miss, was missing out on March Madness.
0: Well, it was strange. Um, I remember that week, you know, the NBA incident had happened. It was Rudy Gobert tested positive, and uh, the NBA quickly shut down its season, put it on pause, and the conference tournaments were going on. And the the images I remember is, first of all, Syracuse, my alma mater, was playing North Carolina, and it was in the ACC tournament while uh, the NBA was being suspended. And I just remember going – this doesn't feel right. Like we shouldn't be playing this. Then the next day, I remember the teams came out for warmups. And I remember Jay Billis of ESPN just went off on the ACC. Like, how dare you? This is a pandemic. This is serious. Get out. We shouldn't be in this building. This is wrong. And I remember that. And then if you remember the big East tournament was coinciding and they started, do you remember that? And these teams played a half. And it was so weird because they're like, are they going to finish the game? Because surely they're not going to finish their tournament. And it was really, really weird. And the, the March Madness is such a massive event. It transcends sports. And there's only a handful of events that transcend sports. And as much as you and I are, for example, hockey fans, the Stanley Cup Finals is not what March Madness is. There are people who don't watch a lick of sports that pay attention to March Madness. There is nothing. I I have always said, even if they don't have a season, have a tournament, they need to have a tournament. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's
1: I get into it. My wife gets into it. She'll fill. She'll still do a bracket. She's filled in more brackets than me last. She's normal well i'm broken by sports seth i, I accept this now i have consumed far too many of them i've uh, had too many highs and lows too many bad beats uh, i'm still owed one maple leafs championship in my lifetime uh before i can you know call a bucket list on the full experience but more than enough maple leafs heartbreak uh, some of that the other night actually that was uh they blew a 5-1 lead to the senators and uh doubly not- notable because I thought I was broken as a Leafs fan after that uh, Bruins series back in uh, gosh 2009-2010 uh anyways uh the Senators you could have got them as high as 25 to 1 at Bavada, uh looking back at last night in that 5-1 hey listen I guess at least we took that regulation point so that's something in all that but uh Yeah, that that was a bizarre one. Uh, And more than a few, uh, we were just looking at accounts earlier, and it was about two dozen accounts actually jumped in on the Suns at 25 to 1 in that spot. So pretty good value for the players there. Not so much uh, value for me and uh, my poor Leafs fandom. But I am confident that they will right the ship. uh, If they can continue to play Canadian teams for most of the season, they should be in good
0: shape. How does – back to basketball for a second. How does conference tournaments compare to the NCAA tournament – In terms of action. We know it's not close, but is it a quarter? Is it a half? What what is it comparative? This year will be interesting to
1: see, just to see what kind of attention people are going to be paying to them, uh, how the formats are perhaps adjusted or not, uh, and whether there's any kind of uh you know ad hoc uh, you know, I don't know, interpretation or reinforcement of the rule. I mean, if I can look back historically. Uh, let's say uh, big East tournament at Madison square garden, garden, uh, big 12 tourney uh, big 10 actually came out to uh, I think MSG in recent years as well as part of their uh, trying to get into the East. Um, you know, it's I'd say an average game in those tournaments are maybe only 10 to 15% the handle of a March madness game, but there's still probably uh, about a 25 to 50% increase on an average college basketball game. So it, it's certainly worthwhile stuff. Personally, I, I used to like uh, the conference tourneys a little bit more than I did the uh, March Madness tournament itself, because I really thought that's where, especially in those, you know, whether it's the ACC, again, the Big East, the Big Ten, the SEC, that's when you're really seeing some really high-quality basketball being played from teams that really know each other a little bit. That's their last chance to really show what they know in that 40-minute period and, uh, you know, I guess lay claim to the conference, get that automatic bid. So, and, and I think it's, it's a pretty cool time to see uh, those teams that otherwise wouldn't make the tournament get those automatic bids, and for a lot of smaller conferences, their only way in. So, uh, I would say the money—it's uh, probably closer to an average NBA game, and that an average NBA game certainly has much more betting than college basketball. But I think for a lot of players, what we see is that conference tourney week, and really, I, it kind of makes sense as we get further and further away from Super Bowl. That is where better focus switches that Bovada, is away from not just football to more NBA betting, but a lot more college basketball betting. Uh, and I think part of that is just simply uh, the eyes available. More networks are showing more games, uh, and there's so much more of it to watch now. Uh, they can only play so much NBA each night, Seth. So I, th- I think the, we're always spoiled by an abundance when it comes to NCAA and that, those Saturday schedules that seem to go on all day and spill into the next day a bit if Hawaii is playing. But uh, it, it's good. It, it, it you know it keeps things churning at Bavada. I think uh, college basketball, for COVID reasons, probably gives still a lot more value opportunities for players that are finding, you know, those situms and stardoms, You know, what team is under what protocol? Of course, there's not much of an advantage if you're just not playing at all, like Baylor. You can't really uh, make too much money off that. But uh, if you've someone that has worked really well on a model for how long a team has been off, for example. Uh, you know, that can really give you an edge versus what we're trying to figure out, which is us, it's all new. This is still, we are still learning as we go with COVID and how teams approach that. So I would say that, uh, you know, there's certainly more of a challenge for odds makers than there are the sharp betters in this spot. Uh, But it's it's been a good challenge for one and one that I think we're up to and one that we have to be up to because otherwise we would just get killed, uh, you know, if we get cats sitting on our hands with COVID and college hoops.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be something. Uh, Gonzaga is a clear-cut favorite, but then, you know, you talk about, and you had Virginia just getting blitzed, and they were a sure thing, and now Florida State's up to a four seed. So, you know, after Baylor and Gonzaga, you do see this this conglomerate, and like we mentioned on the podcast last week, you don't see the Dukes, the Kentuckys. It just seems like it's a new guard. Yeah, you know, I, I would I would give Michigan maybe kind of on the edge there.
1: I mean, listen, you're absolutely right. It's Gonzaga and Baylor, uh, you know, last week, their odds uh, were even worse, I think. Looking at Gonzaga right now, plus 275 at Bovada and Baylor three to one. To have two teams out of all those eligible uh, to be such big favorites, it does say a lot. Michigan currently uh, just under 10 to one. They're at eight to one right now. And one of our larger liabilities, I think players saw the success that they were having and believed it uh, a little bit earlier than we did and I think the advanced analytics community has caught up because I think they have uh, folks like Ken Palm have Michigan as the third best team in the nation as well which I think is fair looking at uh, our internal ranking as well I would say that one team that betters are probably sleeping on a little bit right now is Iowa Iowa 16 to 1 I think is you know a very under the radar kind of team their efficiency numbers are pretty close to Michigan's, not very different, but you can get them at 16 to one compared to that eight to one on uh, Michigan right now. So I I would say Iowa is probably worth a bit of a sleeper opportunity right now. If you like the advanced analytics and stats, that's generally how I bet it. Uh, Gosh, now I'm thinking about my Texas tech sadness from two tournaments ago. That's how I remember the last March madness tournament. That was a hundred to one that uh, Pat Morrow had a ticket. And uh, all they had to do was not give up a three on the final possession of regulation. But their defense, I guess, got them, or and they collapsed, and Virginia got that corner three. Virginia, all the way out there now, Seth, as a 22 to one shot to win the national championship. And I suppose defend it, right? Because we didn't, we,
0: the NCAA didn't That's give it. That's right. We, did, we didn't give it get a national champion last year. Uh, all right. Back to the NBA now. Um, there are two unique scenarios. And all I can say is, Only the NBA Uh, Andre Drummond of Cleveland and Blake Griffin of Detroit. Uh, Both players are not going to be in the lineup until their teams can figure out a trade. (laughs) I've that again, only the NBA in other sports. If you're rumored to be trading a guy, you might keep him out of one game. Maybe this is ongoing. And there's already been pushback from a lot of the other players in the league, man, they don't care about their regular season. Uh, So are there prop bets on where they go? Um, How big are these two trades as we get closer to the deadline?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, It's, it's very difficult to project for players that are seemingly and Again, I don't know if he is or not, so I don't mean to be irresponsible. But let's say he's someone who perhaps looks like he's checked out just based on the stats. Blake Griffin's stats aren't great. Uh, His three-point shooting's not good. His regular field goal shooting's not good. His effectiveness on the floor has certainly been limited, not just this season, but uh, last year. Now, is this... Part and part of playing for a team that's you know not <laughs> certainly on the outside looking in a team that's not going to be competing for anything anytime soon uh, very well may be the case. I mean, and Draymond Green made this really good point uh, when he was asked about it. Uh, his presser went uh, viral, as the kids like to say, when he noted that uh, you know it's it's tough to be asked to be professional when you're also being told that you're not wanted uh, from a from a business point of view. And and I, I get it. I mean, it doesn't make sense for Griffin to be there in Detroit. And it may not make sense uh, for Drummond right now, who's playing uh, better, at least by my numbers, I think, than Blake Griffin, if it currently stands. Um, both of them actually massive underdogs at Bovada to make it through the rest of the year on their current teams, both five to one right now that you could get that they would finish the season on their respective teams right now.
0: Well, you know, it remains to be seen. And then, of course, there's the All-Star game. And, you know, there's a huge financial component To the all-star game. Uh, The shoe companies announced their new lines. This is a a common practice when it comes to uh, the uh, NBA all-star weekend. Um, They had originally canceled it, but then they scheduled one in Atlanta. The mayor's coming out telling people don't come here. (laughs) It's weird uh, because, and the players don't want to do it. They've checked out. And I don't blame the players on this because they're bubbled. They, they had the shortest off season. And I know you'd say, well, they were doing nothing for all that time. That's not relaxing. That was stress. You didn't know when they were coming back. And there is an argument to be made that this shouldn't be happening. How big of an event does it become at Bavada to have the all-star game?
1: Yeah, I would say uh, I, I mean, as a standalone game, that game will get pretty good money, but it won't get at any the more. event
0: like there's going to be a slam dunk contest. There's going to be a three point contest all in the same day. And the dunk contest is going to be at halftime.
1: Yeah, so that stuff, uh the sideshow or the skills stuff, uh, that stuff will actually take really good money, Seth. Uh, and, and most and we'll take more money. that side stuff then we will the nba all-star game itself Uh, and i think uh, people think that there's an edge in that i think um it's certainly you know the the slam dunk competition is always the highlight it's always between that the three-point shooting uh the other skills one where they're dribbling and passing and do the slam dunk takes uh more money than the rest of that stuff combined including the nba game itself uh so and, and that's actually a pretty fun weekend for us i gotta say because it's a challenge for us at Bavada to not just come up with odds for what we expect to occur, but it's, it's a process that's voted on, right? That's always very difficult. Um, I think, uh, you know, one of our toughest ones at Bavada was, uh, the Blake Griffin slam dunk contest. Uh, that was Kia Sprite. Uh, gosh, who was he going up against, uh, in that one? Do you recall? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah a- anyways that, that, was, that was my first uh that was my first uh you know realization when we're trying to handicap uh, odds with voting so let's say art ross and not art ross art ross's peer score mvp anything that has kind of uh an interpretation to who is the best that is a struggle for us and that's something that you know uh, apparently you know Blake's social mar- uh, social media marketing team did a better job than the voters and they just overwhelmed them. I don't think, and I don't think most people thought Blake Griffin had the best dunk that night. And frankly, if I was really to be asked, I would say that I don't even know that he technically went completely over the car. I think he went over the shortest part of the car, Seth, when he dunked that. But his team controlled uh, social media. They got the most votes and he won the slam dunk uh, under protest, I might notice, but that's just a personal protest. But I would say that that is one of uh, our are certainly our more fun nights of the year it's a great player conversion vehicle it's a great way for us to be creative so we will have odds up of course for that and it will be you know we can make or break our saturday uh with or not our saturday pardon me whichever day that is because they're playing it the same day as the nba game this year that's not uh, the traditional it's
0: all one day it's march 7th it's just one whole day yeah pardon
1: me so uh yeah i mean I, i look forward to that i like to watch that It's would be great if the NBA could find a way to get some of the better players more engaged like they used to be in the earlier iterations of the skill stuff but I I, I understand why they're not I understand why it's, uh, you know, not the first or second or maybe even third thing they want to be doing on a weekend right now during COVID and you're absolutely right they weren't just sitting around they were isolated. Waiting for you know their season to figure well, they, itself out. They were out. trying
0: to keep in shape. I, that that NBA season took thirteen months, and you know the reality of it is, is that you had this nothing off season, and then all of a sudden you're packing in a seventy two game season. I'm sorry, I, I my instinct would be, you can't have this All Star game. I I'm a, I, I'm, a, I'm with the t- the players. The players are saying, don't do this now. To a man, give them credit. They all said they'd show up uh if they're voted in and they'll be voted in i mean that's the way it's going to go
1: yeah absolutely and uh, we we get that uh the nba and the nhl are both under scheduling crunch as well as uh we're all still hoping that the olympics go off which is part of the reason for trying to cram up as much as we are in the tight window that we do and good news on that front Seth looking at our current odds for will the Olympic ceremony take place as scheduled on July 23rd of this year? Last time you and I spoke about this, um, I think we had this at about a pick at Bovada.
0: It was 50-50, and, yeah.
1: Yeah, so right now, looking at our odds, it's minus 200 that the opening ceremony will take place on July 23rd. So there's some optimism around this about now. That? And doing that uh, pure odds conversion for players listening at home, minus 200, with no house margin or VIG attached, uh, roughly translates to about a 66% chance, a two-thirds chance, that yes, this opening ceremony will take place. So in just two weeks' time, we have a lot more optimism that some version of the Olympics will be taking place on time, which is, again, another great get for us, especially in an odd number year, which is, generally speaking, not a great year for sports for right you don't have the a presidential
0: election. election right you don't have a major election you don't have an olympics you don't have a euro or a
1: world cup stuff like that so you know getting the olympics uh, again for what was supposed to be a sleepy summer and last summer was supposed to be a sleepy summer before the nba and nhl and then mlb all returned kind of at once uh you know this will be a great way for players and that's because i mean Let's face it, Seth, I don't want to be a downer on the issue, but, you know, we are still in the COVID slog. We are we are not returning to normal tomorrow. Uh, we're getting closer, but, you know, I, I think we're going to need some more sports distractions for a bit longer.
0: Bring them on. Bring them on. We, we can we can have them. That, that's fantastic. That's Patrick Morrow. I'm Seth Everett. This is the Bavada at Odds podcast. For those odds and much, much more, go to bovada.lv. We will see you next week.